Welcome to the Homeworkies Podcast, and we're really excited today. We are here to talk about two of the movies that uh, premiered this weekend for the first weekend of Hallmark Countdown to Christmas and the Miracles of Christmas. And uh, that's always very exciting. We get our first weekend of, of, of Christmas movies. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. And today I have a very special guest. We have podcaster and composer David Rosen here. And uh, he actually wrote the jingle for our, our thing, I guess our theme music for the, the regular part of the year, not our Christmas music. But uh, David, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me back on. Yeah. So why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about what you do on your podcast and in your career. Yeah. So on my podcast, Piecing It Together, uh, we take a look at movies through the lens of what other movies might have inspired it. And Rachel's been on the show before, but uh, we've been doing it for about five years. And each episode is a way to look at a movie in a kind of different way and make these connections to other movies that have come before that deal with similar themes and ideas and stuff like that. And uh, it's a fun, different way to talk about movies. And of course, I also compose music. Uh, I score films. I make music for podcasts. I also put out albums of instrumental music. And I actually have a new one coming out at the end of the year called More Content. And uh, yeah, that's me. That's great. So how did you get started uh, in your uh, career as a composer? I was basically, I mean, first of all, I love film and I love film scores. So, I mean, it's kind of a natural thing. But at the same time, I also had no interest in joining a band or anything like that. I just wanted Mm -hmm. to make music. And like, you can make music and then just like listen to it in your car. But I wanted to make music that people would actually hear. And since I wasn't in a band going and like playing and doing shows and stuff like that, it makes so much sense to be a part of movies and to make the music that plays in films. And it's just, you know, one thing led to another and I started, you know, doing little short films for friends and recommendations from there. And I've been at it for like 15 plus years now. Wow. That's incredible. How, what's your process for, for taking a scene and being like, okay, this is the music that needs to go along with this scene. I start out watching it just by itself without any music, which, as you could imagine, can sometimes be pretty dull, especially since the movies are usually not even finished. So it's like no music and not even finished, you know, but I watch it, you know, just kind of make very rough notes of like, you know, this needs to be scary. This needs to be mysterious. This needs to be funny, you know, just very rough outline kind of notes and then I just sit down and start making music and uh, hopefully it fits. And usually it does. And if it doesn't, I start that scene over until it does. And so I just, I keep making music until everything feels like it's coming together in a way that just absolutely makes sense and feels like it was always kind of meant to be together. How do you know what instrument fits in in a particular moment? Like, should we have piano here or violin or, or how, how, how do you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some amount of experience involved in that where like, I know what has worked in the past and, you know, what what I've heard in films, because obviously, you know, there's going to be some influence from things I've watched and heard in the past. Uh, That's what we talk about on my podcast all the time. But uh, part of it also, because I'm not like a classically trained musician, uh, even though I've been doing it for so long, it's kind of 
almost entirely self-taught. So mm-hmm. a lot is kind of just trial and error. And I shouldn't say trial and error because like, I know what I'm doing when I go to sit down. It's not like, I'm just like, you know, figuring something out from scratch, but knowing like specific, what kind of instruments evoke certain moods or uh, what, you know, what kind of styles will kind of fit into a scene based on the kind of movie that it is. And so I at least have some ideas to go off of, but then from that point forward, jumping, you know, into the actual writing of the music uh, at that point, it's just kind of figuring things out. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I've actually had the chance to interview a number of composers and I, I think it's just really fascinating to, to the process of creating a theme for a character, mm-hmm. the way you work with the, the filmmakers. It's, it's an interesting process. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so many different ways to do it. Like every project is just different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by W Rated, the podcast where we willingly watch the world's worst rated movies. Join me, Daisy. And me, Claire, as we break down the IMDb Bottom 100, choosing a different film from the list every episode. We take a deep dive into the plot, production, release and reviews, usually with a special guest to uncover if these films are truly as bad as everyone says they are. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Good Pods and anywhere else you find your podcasts. how do you feel about like rom-coms in general christmas movies in general uh i i think i was throwing you a little outside your comfort zone inviting yeah. you to, to watch these christmas these hallmark movies yeah a little bit <laughs> i i mean i i like rom-coms as much as anybody you know i like I, I like plenty of rom-coms over you know the history of me watching movies there's lots of them that i've liked but christmas movies are really kind of outside of my my zone like you know, there, there's some classics that I, I remember watching a lot, you know, growing up, you know, all the usual for people who grew up in the 80s, but they're just not really my genre, you know, and it's not that I don't like them. It's just not something that I watch very often. And I guess I could kind of say that about rom-coms as well, even though, you know, I, I watch plenty. I mean, we talked about the, the J-Lo one earlier this year, Marry Me, you know, like the, there there's you know, there's always good rom-coms every year. It's just not the genre that I kind of gravitate towards. Would you say that you have both a favorite Christmas movie and, or in a favorite rom-com? I I would say Scrooged probably for Christmas movie, but Mm -hmm. like at the same time, I haven't seen it in so many years. I was actually thinking maybe this will be the year I finally rewatch it, but it's been like 20 years or something since I've seen it. (laughs) So you don't have those like regular every year. Exactly. I I watch uh, these Christmas movies. Not even Die Hard. Like I, (laughs) I, I don't have a regular like and sometimes like I think last year or the year before we watched Home Alone, you know, like it just randomly happened like, hey, it's Christmas. Let's watch Home Alone. But like. No, I don't have like a tradition of doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be fun to see what you thought, kind of get an outsider perspective on these sure. movies. <laughs> so we had, we picked for you, we're talking about A Kismet Christmas, uh, which aired on Sunday. Well, actually, did both of them air on Sunday. Anyway, we have two we had two movies that we're talking about today. We're talking about Kismet Kismet Christmas, which was on the Hallmark channel. And we have, we need a little Christmas, which was on Hallmark movies and mysteries. 
is this the like first Hallmark movies you've ever seen? I am sure I've seen a few. My wife and I we watch a lot of uh, Lifetime like thrillers. And, okay, <laughs> uh, we we laugh our way through them, and I'm sure some of that has spilled over to uh, to Hallmark. You know, just regular type movies. You know, um, but yeah, no, certainly not uh, Christmas ones. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. All right, well, let's dive in. Let's talk about a Kismet Christmas. This stars Sarah Ramos, Carlo Marx. And Mary Lou Henner, who we're big fans of here on this podcast. Mary Lou Henner, so nice. Directed by Mark Jean, writer Betsy Morris. And the summary is, it tells the story of Sarah, a children's book author who returns to her hometown where she reconnects with her family and her teenage crush. She soon discovers that a family legend might actually be true. I don't feel like that's the best summary, but nevertheless, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised by this movie because Hallmark doesn't really do Christmas magic. I I think a lot of people think that, oh, you're going to have Santa and North Pole and stuff like that all over the place on Hallmark movies. Almost never. And this isn't that, but uh, it was kind of magical realism, I guess you might say. Uh, And I, I found that very refreshing as a long, t- you know, as a Hallmark viewer and Hallmark movie viewer that they just kind of went with the magic on this one. And I, I really enjoyed that. These magic cookies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I really thought the cast was great. I hadn't seen this Sarah Ramos in anything except for, I guess she was on Parenthood for a long time, but I thought she was great. I really enjoyed her. And Carla Marx is very dependable. He is very, you know, just sweet and dreamy and <laughs> great. <Yeah. laughs> uh, so I like that. Of course, I love Mary Lou Hanner. Yeah. What did, overall did you think about it? Well, I mean, spoiler alert for the other one, but this was definitely my favorite of the two. Mm-hmm. I I thought that, yeah, like you were saying, the magical realism aspect of it really kind of made it stand out and made it uh, a lot more fun. You know, it was like it was more of a movie, you know, and if you're going to watch one of these kind of movies, I I would definitely prefer it to be a a movie movie. You know, you think about all the the Christmas classics like Scrooge, like I mentioned earlier and and things like that, like you you want some of that magical realism or else it's like, you know, it's just a plain old romance basically set at Christmas. I think that, yeah, I, I completely agree. I think that it started out a little rough, like the the backstory and the way they tried to make these two actors look young Oh boy, was yeah. rough. <laughs> I wish they had just had different actors playing them young because like her and these like really weird pigtails and like, <laughs> I don't know, it just wasn't. And he's got yeah. like the hat on backwards and like, no. These it was also bad. funny that uh, he calls her Bear because that's uh, my name for my wife. Oh, we, really? we call each other Bear, so I was laughing at that. But um, yeah, th- those flashback scenes are absolutely ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. It, it kind of added to it, though. It, it, <laughs> it, it felt like this movie, you know, my, my only knowledge of these two movies that we just watched. But this one didn't take itself so seriously, you yes. know, and, and that is, adds to the fun of it, I feel like. Well, and part of that is that on the Hallmark Channel, there are more romantic comedies, whereas on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, they're more supposed to be dramas. 
Mm. So part of that is I gave you a drama. <laughs> I yeah. probably should have warned you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and it kind of, it can be sort of distracting when every once in a while they'll put a, a comedy on movies and mysteries or a drama on Hallmark channel. And it can be like, you're just not prepared. Like you're going to expecting a particular movie and then they give you something different. Sure. So <laughs> it's actually pretty important that they put the right movie on the right channel for the right. audience. Yeah. I could imagine that would mm -hmm. definitely uh, get, get a little confusing otherwise, but yeah. uh, before we continue, I do have to ask you, so I I'm Jewish and uh -huh. is there a mythos around kismet cookies being magical or is that completely made up for this movie i had no idea <laughs> uh it's just as far as i know it's just for this movie i never heard of it before okay uh, so i'd have to talk to the writer and see mm -hmm. if there was some you know lore behind yeah. it which i'd love to do if the writer uh wants to come on the podcast we'd love to talk to her uh betsy morris uh i had never heard of kismet cookies before Okay. So, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't even know if it was a kind of cookie, let alone magical, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I was like going into this, like, uh, I, I want a kismet cookie. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Although it could be riskier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Who knows what it'll end up doing, but yeah. You and your wife might <laughs> hope you dream of each other. That would be yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking, I'm Googling to see if there's, there is a recipe on, line for christmas kismet cookies hmm i wonder what I'm makes looking. a kismet cookie different from other cookies like <laughs> what, what is what is the standout flavor to say i'm looking online and a beloved friend gave me this recipe she gave the little story of making these on christmas eve to put under your pillow so that you dream of your destiny your one true love so it is real. It is real. Oh my gosh. Wow. Like the internet is <laughs> and it looks they they look pretty good. I didn't wow. think the cookies looked that good. No, they were just plain cookies, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one thing. I was like, I don't know. You would think that that a Kismet cookie, you would want it to be like just like I don't know like a pull apart chocolate chip cookie with the chocolate mm. dripping, you know, just something like really like, mm. right. And this just kind of looked how know, just look normal. <laughs> however, though, if you're going to be putting this cookie under your pillow, you kind of don't want there, you know, to make a no, mess. That's true. You don't want to smear on your pillow sheets and you know, all that stuff. So I guess the ancestors knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with this recipe. Yeah. But uh, she's in, she's a, it starts out the movie where she is a fantasy writer. Uh, and she's uh, supposed to write a book about this in her fantasy world about these kismet cookies. But she's just got like terrible writer's block. She can't finish the book. And so her agent, who I thought her agent was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. He did a good job. Oh, yeah. So her agent is like, you need to get out of, I think it's New York. You need to get out of the city. And uh, so he schedules this giveaway for a fan to have her come and speak. 
and it turns out it's uh, it's a little girl from New Britain, Maine, and it turns out that's where she's from. So she's like, I don't want to go back to my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> and he, she starts telling the story about why she left. And evidently, there's these magic cookies that the recipe was found in this, what would you call it? Like covey this compartment yeah yeah that make, that sounds about right <laughs> in the house and and so they make the cookies and you put it under your bed under your pillow and you dream of the person that you uh, are supposed to be with and I th- again i thought that was a pretty clever idea i didn't know that it was based on lore like we just found out <laughs> yeah yeah it's very good that is that is a very interesting thing yeah, I I wonder also like I was I was looking at uh on Letterboxd, you know, when you click on director, this director Mark Jean, the like, you know, it it sorts it by most popular of his films and two of the top 4 are Hanukkah related movies. And I'm wondering if this guy's Jewish or if he's uh, where, where he's coming from for making a yeah, Christmas movie. Yeah, we haven't interviewed him, but he very well could be. There's lots of people who work on Hallmark movies that are Jewish, <laughs> ironically. Uh, so that, and that's kind of a funny um, uh, dynamic. Yeah, because I usually uh, even think of Kismet as almost like a, a thing that uh, Jews kind of talk about a lot more than anybody. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, so it's kind of like blending cultures a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mary Lou Henner, even though I don't think she's actually Jewish, she's been in a lot of the Jewish movies. Oh, she's yeah. been in Hitch for the Holidays, and she uh, she's in uh, the um, uh, Love Lights Hanukkah. So they they like her in these movies. Which why wouldn't you? She's yeah. delightful. She's great. Uh, so uh, we have these special cookies and. Uh, I thought it was very sweet where they, so the, so Mary Lou Henner, her husband had passed away and, uh, and she was still kind of grieving and uh, she wanted to eat the cookies so that she could have a dream about her husband. I thought it was very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a nice moment. And uh, th- there's a lot around the cookies that all, it all kind of works in like this kind of way, like the, the very mm-hmm. sweet holiday movie kind of way. It all it all works. Yeah. So what happened with the the problem with the cookies? The problem with the cookies is that she decides, despite the advice of her Nana, she decides to put the cookie under her pillow. And she's like supposed to be like 18, 19, something like that, like young. And uh or maybe even younger. I don't know. She's around that age. Yeah. And so she puts on her and she dreams of her uh, neighbor. That's her best friend. So she thinks, Oh, who is, I think three or four years older than her. So she, she dreams of Travis, her neighbor. And she runs over there to uh, tell him that she had this dream and he's literally getting married right there in his house. Mm-hmm trauma 
<laughs> Which it does seem unlikely that she, if they were as close as they make it seem like, that she would have no idea that he's right. about to get married or getting married. Uh, yeah, that 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 is a, a very strange thing for her to not know ahead of time. But you know, uh, but it's devastating, terrible. And she comes home and she tears up the recipe. So evidently, she can't have love. Nobody else can have. Mm, yeah. She That's not very Christmassy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I guess it's a very complicated recipe. Yeah. And it looked like it had like some kind of filling in it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's why it's complicated because there's like the pastry and then the filling. Uh, so now that it's been ripped up there, they have no more Kismet cookies. She just she ruined it. Uh, rash decisions. Yeah. Never, like, never wow. helps. Calm down. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so, so then they they zoom up to modern time, and uh, they have uh, her presenting at the town. Uh, they have Dickens in the park, <laughs> and uh, it turns out that Travis's daughter is uh, is a big fan of her books. Yeah, and she's the one that won the prize. Yeah. So what did you think of this little girl? Do you think she was she was cute? A good kid actor? Yeah, I thought that she did a good job. I mean, she seemed uh, you know, she she seemed the right amount of excited about about meeting this lady and uh wanting, you know, wanting to like, you know, befriend her in a way and like, you know, get to know her. Yeah, her name's Ruby Tupper and she's been in a bunch of these uh made for TV movies. And she is, well, I shouldn't say she's been in a bunch, but she was in one last year called A Christmas Miracle for Daisy. And she was really cute in that. And I thought she was really cute in this. And and, uh, so, yeah, she was the right amount of kind of energy. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, we find out he calls her Sarah Bear. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) And he's dressed up as Santa, which is always a good sign in a Hallmark movie. If your oh, lead yeah. is dressed up with Santa at the beginning, you know, yeah, he's a good, yeah. good one. He's not a bad man of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A- anyone dressed as Santa, you know, there's good stuff happening. Right. <laughs> it's a good sign. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, there, there was definitely a, I, I liked a theme of friendship in this movie. And then also like a theme of, of loneliness mm-hmm. and what she 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 wouldn't have written the books if she hadn't been in this sort of lonely state and like how we treat our friends and and kind of a thing which was a nice like they were more friends really than they were even uh romantic interests for most of the movie sure and i mean that i mean aren't the longest lasting relationships kind of built that way anyway yeah. so it kind of makes sense mm-hmm. yeah so we have miss patsy and she makes like the most amazing candy. And of course the secret ingredient is love, but mm. she has a big crush on the town mayor and she's like giving him fudge and everything. <laughs> and so she wants the, to have a kismet cookie because she wants to know for sure whether she should be with this, this mayor or she should pursue this mayor, but they don't have the recipe. Uh, so there's no hope for love. Right. Right. Yeah. 
And, uh, and we find out, of course, that Travis's marriage didn't last long. Yeah. Just long enough to have, have uh, his daughter. Well, he didn't have kismet cookies. So, I mean, yeah, he didn't. Or he didn't listen to the kismet cookie. Right. Uh, so I liked that we found out her big inspiration is Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. And that I guess her first book that she ever wrote was a, a Wrinkle in Time fan fiction. Yeah. That yep. was fun. That was. Absolutely. Have you ever read Wrinkle in Time? I haven't. Uh, and I haven't seen the movie either. Like, I remember when the trailers were out. Um, who made that? That was... Uh, Disney. Yeah. Uh, it was like like three years ago or so, right? Three, four yeah, years it ago. wasn't very good, unfortunately. I do think that the book is kind of unfilmable. I mean, it just, the, um, the world building and the, the, so much of the movie is about her inner growth and Meg's as she becomes stronger and braver and more independent through the story. Mm-hmm. But it's so easy to sort of, sort of focus on these fantastical worlds when really that's not the point of the story. Right. Um, and, uh, and so they kind of, they took out the heart, of the mm. story and they in, they replaced it with just it looks pretty but the exposition is just not great i Lots don't know it was just very disappointing yeah um but well i i liked um you know like there's the whole like was it like a trivia night or something they were at and they're mm-hmm. you know mentioning other other christmas classics which that was fun i mean you know as a outsider looking in with this movie you know it was fun getting all those uh those references i you know i i'd like to uh take part in a trivia night like that yeah uh then they they have uh the um they have the night at the library where he recites Christmas Carol mm-hmm. as Santa. And he says, we need all the kismet we can get. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, I'm your oldest friend. You could never break the connection to me. And uh, the, uh, the agent calls and threatens to bring in a ghostwriter if she doesn't finish this book. Mm. So things are getting pretty tense. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And that that is kind of the uh, trajectory of a lot of, you know, writer-based movies. Yeah. And he works for the Forestry Service. Mm. Uh, and they have this whole, I, I, I guess, I'm not sure exactly where this is supposed to, I guess it's Maine. It's supposed to be Maine. Mm. But there's lots of scenes down by like the harbor. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly Northeast. Mm-hmm. And the daughter's name is Jazzy. Uh, and, uh, she's invited to a sleepover at one point. And, uh, he says that, uh, we find out that evidently a necklace is gateway jewelry that <laughs> for, for a romance, he'll go, he'll go straight to the diamond ring after the necklace. <laughs> so be, be prepared ladies. If you get a necklace. <laughs> right. Absolutely. He's got to keep that in mind. Yeah, and then they have the trivia, like you were saying. Um, they go pick out a Christmas tree. Uh, and I, I th- there was some funny writing, I thought, in this, when they were talking about choppy down the tree thingy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, there was, there was some good moments like that. Yeah. And also just a little funny moment, I thought, was when uh, he gets his gloves out of the glove compartment. She's like, you actually keep your gloves in the glove <laughs> yeah, like, that's pretty good. Know, that made me laugh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, that is yeah. pretty good. 
She's like, who does that? <laughs> I also love in rom-coms when I call it the movie fall, where they'll be sometimes on like a subway or some, some things where they fall and they always just land like perfectly kind of on top of each other or in each other's arms. Sure. And you, you had that here where she trips like getting the tree and she just happens she falls right into his arms and they look at each other and they have that like awkward moment (laughs) yeah yeah love that live for that yeah well i know it's silly but like you know like i said with this kind of movie you want it to be a movie movie that has like those movie moments yeah yeah It, it just I can't ever think of a time when that would actually happen, but no. I love it so much. <laughs> right. Can you imagine being like on the subway or whatever? And, oh, I've fallen right into your arms. <laughs> yeah. Someone would break something probably. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Patreon. Do you love Hallmarkies podcast, especially at Christmas? Do you enjoy the holiday previews, recaps, interviews, and bonus episodes? If the answer is yes, please consider supporting the Hallmarkies Patreon. We need your help to do what we do both during the Christmas season and all year round. But not only do you help a podcast led by strong, independent women by becoming a Patreon, you get to become a part of the Hallmarkies family. Starting at only $2 a month as a patron, you will have access to our Facebook Patreon group where we talk about the movies, shows, and more all year. We also have many monthly patron watch-alongs with guests like Lacey Chabert, Natalie Hall, Paul Campbell, Mary Lou Henner, and more, giving their behind-the-scenes details of their films. As a patron, you also have the chance to provide input into the podcast and even join us at different tiers. So this Christmas season, spread some cheer to the Hallmarkies Patreon and become a member today. You won't regret it. Go to patreon.com slash hallmarkies to learn more. That's patreon.com slash hallmarkies. So he's got this like (laughs) slightly creepy cabin in the woods that I think could easily be a horror movie in a different story. (laughs) This cabin in the woods that his great uncle used to own. And he inherited it. And he's like, you are going to write your book on pen and paper, I think. She didn't even have her laptop. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, I know. How how is that going to happen in this day and age? Yeah. But I also liked when he's like, I have a daughter. I do crafts. (laughs) That was funny. Yeah. Did you think they had uh, chemistry? What do you think? Yeah, I thought so. Um they they had a good like you said it's more friendship than anything but Mm -hmm. like it it worked though yeah i think so and so we find out that i guess nana is considering selling the house and uh she she wants to go and teach english abroad Mm -hmm. and and she says that Sarah says, I, or what was her name? Uh, yeah, Sarah. So Sarah says, I don't want a stranger living here. I want you living here. And uh, and then they say, well, what if the cookie was actually right? Actually, mm-hmm. All this time she's been assuming it was wrong. But what if it was actually right? Yeah. What if that cookie was right all those years ago? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and so they find the recipe all taped up in the um, covey 
And uh, so she makes the cookies. Uh, she gives one to Patsy and Jazzy takes two of them. And, uh, and so we find out that he used one of the cookies and he dreamed of her, which is mm. really cute. Yeah. It all yeah. comes together. <laughs> and she's of course able to write because she's love. So she, mm -hmm. write. so she writes yeah. her book and everybody loves it. And Benny loves it. And he says, it's spectacular. Then we have, uh, she gives the book to Jazzy and, uh, then they, they say, oh, well, she went to the airport and they're all like, oh, no. And I thought we were going to totally get the like classic rom-com, like run to the airport. Yeah. yeah. Scene, you know, which is so hard to pull off now because they're of all the security and. Yeah, it doesn't even make sense in today's world. That's like mm -hmm. not even a thing. Yeah. But I still love it when they do it. Oh, and, yeah. But no, she's there. She was just dropping off Benny, which Benny evidently is a super busy guy to have to leave on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd just stay. But uh, she wasn't going to the airport. She decided to stay around. And then they say, of course, I dreamed of you again. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's such yeah. kismet. <laughs> it's kismet. It's yes. actual kismet. So I enjoyed this a lot. I thought it was very cute. I liked the leads. I liked the little girl. I liked Mary Lou. Uh, you know, it's hard. I feel like I'm always a little bit more generous this first weekend because it's like, ah, I've, I've been in a drought yeah. uh, of Christmas movies and now they're here. And so I'm always a little bit nicer <laughs> yeah. this first weekend. <laughs> that last weekend, I'm like, ugh. But um, but sometimes they save their best ones for that last weekend. They okay. really do. So uh. yeah. well, I have a feeling this will stay as my number one, considering I probably won't watch any others. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I still really liked it, though. Yeah. So what yeah. we'd go one to five crowns on this podcast. What would you give? You can do parts if you want, like three point five or four or whatever. I'm going to go. um I feel like I should like grade on a curve here, like you know, like a little yeah. bit different than I maybe would elsewhere. Like I feel like here it's a four, mm -hmm. whereas like on my my personal letterbox I went three. But um, you know it, it's yeah it's, it's good though it's definitely good. Yeah, I don't give uh, stars on Letterboxd for the uh, made for TV movies because I just mm -hmm. feel like. Because then people are going to be like, oh, you gave a three to Batman and you gave a three to Hallmark movie. I'm yeah. like, they're totally different, different worlds, different. Yeah. This is about on par with that, the, the Batman. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I don't I So I just uh, I don't give them reviews. I mean, I give them reviews. I don't give them ratings. Yeah. Uh, but I would give this a four. Uh, I, I thought it was a real nice little sweet movie with some mm -hmm. creative magic. It was a little silly, a little funny. Uh, so yeah, I would give it a four. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. It's the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Are you looking for that perfect gift for the postable, hardy, or Hallmarkie in your life? What about getting that t-shirt or hoodie that will help you stand out at your next holiday party? Now is the time to check out the Hallmarkies Merch Store. Full of festive designs by artists like Jessica Miller, Carrie from Walmart Comics, and more. You can even have more than just shirts, but totes, cell phone cases, notebooks, mugs, and more. And it isn't just Hallmark. We have designs for Anna Green Gables, Man from Snowy River, The Nanny, and more. 
Every purchase at the merch store goes to help support the podcast and allows us to make the great content you know and love. There are frequent sales, so go to tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies or see the link in the description. That's tpublic.com slash stores slash hallmarkies. Well, let's talk about we need a little Christmas. All right. And this uh, is was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries. And it, it uh, stars Eric Durance and Patrick Sabongay. And uh, it's Julie is juggling being a single mother to a grieving child and facing her first Christmas without her husband when she develops an unexpected friendship with a neighbor. Um, And this also, the neighbor is actually Lynn Whitfield. Yeah. And I think that Lynn Whitfield is the strength of this movie. I thought she was really good. She brought it. She elevated it. Um, She was warm, lovely. Um, I'm not like, I, I mean, I've seen her and stuff, of course, but I was like, wow, she's really good. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, she, she makes this movie other without her. It's just, you know, it's very bland without her, but she, she definitely uh, stands out in a really big way. Yeah. And I also thought the little boy was really cute. Okay. I, you didn't, you didn't, there was a little, little too much. A, a little too much, I've thought. But <laughs> I mean, you know, to be fair, though, I mean, it, it's it's par for the course for, you know, a Christmas movie, you know, of course. But mm-hmm. I felt like this kid, uh, you know, give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I thought he was really cute. I, yeah. I enjoyed him. But uh, but uh, yeah, they had two, I think, pretty good kid actors in these movies. Uh, and Patrick Sabongai, I I enjoy him. I've actually interviewed him. Oh, cool. He, uh, I, th- I think he is pretty charming. I, they didn't do a ton with him or his character. He was just kind of there, mm-hmm. but I do think he has a, a, a winning charisma. Man, looking at him, uh, on, on letterbox, he has been in so many big action movies. It's insane. Yes. <laughs> and then he's doing these Christmas things like th- that is a, uh, a very varied career for sure. Yes. He's even in this weekend's, uh, black Adam. Oh yeah. 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 Perfect. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's done a lot of different stuff, and he is really charming and and a, a, a nice person. And I I just I enjoy him in these movies. So keep doing them, please. Absolutely. Uh, don't get taken away from us by DC. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> but really, Lynn Whitfield was the star. She was great, and. Uh, she, it was kind of, it was nice to see that this movie really was barely about romance. This movie was about this family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so she, uh, her husband has passed away. She has a grandson named miles who is in like Guam or someplace like that. She, he's on an Island for the military for the army, I think. And he's a um, doctor, I think, for the army on right. some island. And so she misses him so much. Uh, and so we also have Eric Durance and her uh, son, who uh, they've just lost their father the year before. And so her idea is that she's going to try to do all of these things that they did as a family uh, just to keep the memory alive. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense in you, you tr- why you would try to do that, but it kind mm-hmm. of backfires on her. 
Right, right. And that I mean that's I mean if if there's a, a positive with this movie that I, I would say is I mean it's a very relatable thing for any family that tries to, you know, keep mm-hmm. some of the traditions alive after, you know, a major change or something like that. Yeah. And uh Irene says at the beginning, she says holidays aren't the same without children around. And I think that is definitely true. Uh, that it's just not the same. Uh, like when I'm with just my parents compared to if uh, nieces or nephews or, you know, people like that are there. Uh, all, my nieces are all pretty old now, but, but there's just something about the holidays with kids that makes it way more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's who it's for, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of this day camp that he goes to? Do you think that looked fun? Uh, I mean, I went to a day camp when I was a kid. Yeah, and, uh, holiday I, themed. Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> that looked great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Patrick Swingy's character, he is a restaurant owner. Um, and so he hires uh, Eric Durant's character. I forget her name hires her to renovate the restaurants. Yeah. Uh, and so they end up spending time together. He makes her yummy food and uh, that's, it's cute. And then uh, when he, uh, he finds out, cause he knows Irene and their friends too. And he finds out about that. Miles isn't able to come. And uh, so his character is really sort of the hero of the movie. He makes mm. everything happen. Yeah. Well, the hero sweet. of the movie is the food. Let's, let's yeah, the there. food. <laughs> there, there's a lot of food in this movie, and it all looks really good. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> uh-huh. And I thought that there were some really sweet scenes, like the scene between uh, Irene and the little boy, where you know he says, I get sad sometimes. My dad isn't going to be here for Christmas. And she says, sometimes the best thing is to say it out loud. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a very sweet scene. Yeah. Yeah, no, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. And she, he says, sometimes doing all the stuff we did with dad just makes me sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and that goes back to that relatability, I think of this particular story. Mm -hmm. And she, he says, I don't want to hurt her feelings, which I mean, I think that's always like a very, very endearing uh, quality when, a child has to kind of almost parent the parent a little bit. It's probably sure. not the most healthy thing, but it's, yeah. it's very, it tugs at the heartstrings. Absolutely. Uh, so we find out that Irene has this magic show. And, uh, and that she wants, you know, them to go. She's Irene the great. That's <laughs> cute. I mean, I appreciated that because we've seen so many of the same traditions, the tree cutting scenes, the cookie baking scenes, things like that. Uh, And so I felt like they tried at least to kind of think of something new, which is hard to do when there's been like 400 of these movies. Sure. They have a Christmas magic show. Yeah. And uh, and then uh, she talks to Erica's character and says, uh, Irene and says that uh, I that I felt alone when my husband got sick. Eventually, I had to trust people around me. It took a whole village to raise Miles, mm. and 
then we find out that she has this box of memories of her husband and they decide to, so the little boy decides to make a Christmas box for his mom uh, like Irene has. And I thought that totally paid off for me when she, when he gives her his mom the box. I, I thought that I had all the feels. It was played very well. Yeah. Even, even if it didn't like do that much for me personally, like it was like, uh, this was, this was played very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he says, you never know when a total stranger will walk through your door and change your life for good. Very sweet. Very sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what I would say this whole movie. I mean, most Hallmark movies are sweet, but this movie I thought was very endearing, very sweet. And, uh, then uh, Julie, that's her name, Julie. Uh, she's like worried about starting a new relationship. She's very insecure. And I mean, that makes sense because it's only been a year. Right. Then to start a new relationship. I mean, they didn't end this movie off with a kiss. I kind of wish they had, but I understand why they didn't because it's only been a year. See, and, and that kind of goes to like with the other one, we're talking about like magical realism and like it being like a movie movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like this one kind of feels grounded in a way where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I want it to, I want it to be raised up a little bit, a little bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they made the, uh, okay. Yeah. The little boy's name is Gavin. So he makes the memory chest for his mom. And then, uh, p- uh, Peter, uh, Patrick's one character, he goes and picks up Miles uh, for the connection. He, he has a friend who has a crate, uh, a, um, has a, uh, a packing company, a cargo company. Mm, yeah. So they're able to get him off the island. And that, I mean, that's going to bring the feels when Irene sees Miles. It's sure. very sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And he says, uh, they say, when you have a memory chest, you can have your loved ones with you forever and you don't have to worry about losing them. Mm-hmm. So that was very sweet. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think overall, there was a really nice spirit of friendship in this movie between Irene and Julie, Irene and Gavin, uh, between Peter and Julie. I mean, just between everybody, it, that was the emphasis as opposed to romance. And like I said, there's not even a kiss in this movie. Right. And uh, he, uh, she gives him a present and uh, she's fixed his clock that mm. he had. That was his grandpa's clock. So that was very, again, very sweet. <laughs> yeah. And, and I guess, you know, to the synopsis of the movie, I mean, it does focus in on the friendship, like, you mm-hmm. know, so like it makes sense that that is, that's where this movie goes. It is all about the friendships. Yeah. They had her wearing a lot of purple, which I thought was interesting. I mean, this is a total nitpick, but usually <laughs> you're usually in Christmas movies, they're wearing red or green. Uh, or some kind of metallic sometimes you see. Sometimes they were blue, but I prefer red and green. 
But I was like, camera in purple almost this whole movie, which I thought was funny. Interesting. This is a genre where color schemes are like, (laughs) you know, an important puzzle piece. Yeah, they do have her in one red outfit at the end. And what was funny to me, and this is kind of stuff only I care about, but um, when she's in the red outfit, then they have Irene in purple. (laughs) I was like, costume designer love purple. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, we sometimes count the number of uh, suit coats that uh, uh, Jack. Uh, we sometimes count the number of coats that they have the heroines in these movies in. Nice. There weren't that many in this one, but they were they were both purple, and uh, and sometimes you'll have like Lacey Chabert movies usually have like four or five different coats. <laughs> sure. Yeah. You gotta you gotta you gotta show those things off. It's like a living catalog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I I did enjoy this movie. I thought it was very warm-hearted and endearing. Uh, I do like Hizmet better just because it was a little sillier and a little more fun. Mm-hmm. But I thought they were both solid, especially because of Lynn Whitfield. And yeah. I, I hope she does more because she she's a really good actress. Yeah, no, like I said, she definitely elevates this. And while I, I didn't like it as much as a movie, I think it's all like very well intentioned. Yeah. At, you know, and, and and it's a good representation of, you know, friendship during the holidays. And so like it, it's it's worthwhile, uh, mm-hmm. just maybe not as much for me as the other one. Yeah, I would probably give this one a three point five out of five okay. crowns. All right. Well, so if less I'm sti- than kismet, but if I'm sticking to my uh, my curve, I'd go, I guess, three. Whereas I went two on Letterbox, but mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, eh, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know what you think if you're listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments uh, of what you thought of these two movies. And we're going to have the other two movies of the weekend uh, also airing today. Uh, so that we're going to have Betsy from Hallmark Happenings on for those two. So you definitely want to check that out. And uh, thanks so much for coming on and, uh, and talking about these movies with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much again for having me. And it's, uh, it's fun to get outside of my comfort zone a little bit here and there, you know? Yeah. So uh, where can people find you and your podcast and everything? Well, you can find Piecing It Together wherever you're listening to this podcast, most likely. And uh, follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And uh, you can find my music. My website is bydavidrosen.com or just go search wherever it is you listen to music uh, for David Rosen. And I will show up with all my albums. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all over social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And make sure you're following the podcast on Homework Pod and Homework Podcast all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews for both of our podcasts. That would really help us out a lot, especially during this Christmas season for people to find us. So please put your five-star reviews in. It would be so helpful. And then we also, if you are listening on YouTube, please give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate that. We also have our merch store, which has tons of fun, new festive designs to get you ready for the holiday season. So check that out. And also we have our patron group, which we have really fun events for the patrons. We have watch alongs, uh, Q and A's from stars. Uh, it definitely is worth your while. So please take a look at that. And, uh, thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk to you later and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>